Oh, yeah. Like boxing. You can't kill us. Yeah, you, you really can't fix us either. We back, baby. The boxing hardcores under the morning combat flag. It's D. Brian Campbell, the voice in your face right now on this video. And the New York Times bestselling author, Rafe Bartholomew, author, by the way, of a new and revived Respect Box newsletter. Can't wait to check out as well. Rafe, uh, look, we've been doing boxing podcasting from the beginning brother uh whether it's the ropes on grantland the ropes cast on snapchat the itc the soc on cbs sports now hey morning combat we here baby we back we said we'd be back we back morning combat you are next my friend yes thank you thank you very much uh what can you expect from this ridiculousness as well okay all right we are two hard men and like the title says you are the boxing hardcore you're not regular fans thank you rich you're fans who keep track of the sport week to week some of the names i've mentioned i'm guessing many of you have never heard i have heard of two of them though thank you richie dwyer uh sean zapeta at 140 pounds and ivan baranchik okay you know we heard it we responded in a big way, a big, big gift to people, Rafe. That's what we're here to break down today. Hey, great timing and the changeover of the shows and maybe not just the fight of the year, the fight of our lifetime just broke out. Uh, Rafe, this is what the people come to see. This is what our hardcores come to see, come to hear your reaction to what was not necessarily a surprise that it'd be a good fight. But I don't think we were expecting, uh, you know, uh, Ward Burton here or uh, or Gotti Ward or something. How did you respond to what happened on Saturday night? Uh, I, well, I at first, Brian, I'm not sure I was responsive at all. I think I just fainted. Of course, there is really only one legitimate response, and that is in the voice of the late great Emmanuel Stewart. Oh my God! Look at this! Look! At, oh my God! I mean the. The eight knockdowns, the especially and it, reminiscent of some of those great Manny Stewart HBO boxing ca- calls when Ortiz Berto won. They're trading knockdowns, eventually trading knockouts within seconds of each other in that second round, and again in the fifth round when it ended. Oh my God! Uh, for the the hardcore, for the action maniacs, come on, man! It doesn't get any better than that doesn't get any better and I, I saw flashes of Prince Nassim versus Kevin Kelly in this fight I saw flashes of Berto Ortiz with that second round and the fifth round like you mentioned where it's just the swings of momentum and dropping each other I guess the point I want to do on this is celebrate right a lot of people celebrate top ring celebrate the plus for once celebrate Evan Korn the PR man of the stars and celebrate these two warriors for giving us you know a bit unexpected taste of brilliance although coming in we were excited we didn't do a preview part of this. We're in transition, but we knew it would be a fun fight. But what I loved most about getting this big gift to people right here was that not just that it was like a reminder of what box can give you when we suffer through this, this broken sport, but I love seeing the bat phone go off. What do we call this thing? Not everybody has the red phone in their office that goes nuts, but did you see on Twitter all those former box fans, reformed ones, MMA skinhead reporters, people that aren't even fight? When a great fight happens, it's like a dog whistle. We, we get it out there. We let people know, and it was like we got the family back together for this night. Did you feel that? 
I, I, man, I did. I feel it. You know, I was feeling it, Brian. And it was, it was nice. I hope even that this, this back call continues going out the way that it did way back in the day with other great fights, like it did for, you know, Castillo Corrales one, where it, it was a, you know, it was a showtime fight. It wasn't, there was almost pre-internet or definitely pre-big Twitter. And just the people were saying, yo, you got to go back and watch this to the point that even noted boxing fanatic, not really my former boss, Bill Simmons was, I remember reading about it in a Simmons column back in the day. So, and I think this has a chance to have that life. It really does. So, but I don't care about everybody's life that I just, yeah. You, you think I care? You think I care about that guy, right? I don't care about Matisse's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care yes, about them. Thank you for this little piece of art you once gave me as a gift here. Right? The, uh, I, I know how to show love to my people, all right? Get get you up. You morning bird call. Let's do the bird call. Morning bird call. Oh, oh. 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 All right. That's early. It's early. How does that go over on the uh, on the the youth soccer fields of Connecticut, Brian? Is that more popular than the Gypsy King hat? Yeah, so you know, I, I did. You know, you have gifted me at times in my life. I've got the Tyson Fury Gypsy King hat. I get a little. I used to get a little weird looks from the soccer <laughs> parents in the stubby Connecticut town here. But uh, uh, talk shout out to the Burbs here. But uh, no, I can't wear this in public. But I wear it now. Shout out to Angel. Uh, we wanted to shout out this fight. The whole point of this is uh, we want to pour some water on its balls. We want to let it know. Uh, you know, how good it is. You know? right, let me let me put some water on your ball. And I want to sort of frame that. Really, how how good is this fight? Because, you know, you get the no-brainer fight of the year. Uh, yeah, 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 no-brainer, okay? You get the no-brainer fight of the decade. Well, look, we're 10 months in, okay? So, yeah, I think so. Uh, I really want to find out in today's show, is this legitimately in the pantheon of best fight of the century? Is it of the ilk of the Gotti Ward 1, Corrales Castillo 1? Ferrero Morales, one and three. I mean, you know, Pacquiao Marquez, four. Timmy Bradley, Ruslan Provodnikov. Is it of that ilk? I want to undress it. I want to inspect it. I want to feel it. I want to understand it. I want to get your take on it. We we've we've got it. We heard a tip that this fight was good. I have a group of analysts who receive the tip. They review the tip. Uh, they analyze the tip information and determine what type of tip it is. Now, when you when you do when you're analyzing the tip, as your experience will tell you, Rafe, you do have to be careful. I mean, don't don't tease the bag or you'll get the mess. But you've had a lot of time to to hang out with this tip in your hands the last couple. Of, all right, where where are we going here? Where what are we what are we doing here? Uh, Rafe, how do you begin to say? and compare and contrast exactly where this fight belongs? Uh, honestly, Brian, I don't know that we have to decide where exactly it belongs. It Does it need to be ranked? Well, I, I think the tr- proper ranking is just above Provodnikov versus Bradley, but it has to, you have to rank it below the, uh, the Borales, uh, the Borales, the, the, the Barrera Morales trilogy. Uh, no, Brian, I think we can love this for what it is and say, yeah, it's, it definitely deserves to be mentioned in the same breath with those fights and yes it's also a different fight from those fights but still one worth celebrating loving breaking down and one thing I'll tell you that sticks out to me about it immediately was that surprise factor not surprise oh wow this is good but surprise as oh this is great 
in a way that I didn't expect it to be. And we've been doing Sean Zepeda since the beginning. We went there and saw his coming out party when he pushed Jose Ramirez, except in the, the, the Campbell household where he won that fight even. And we've been in, we knew that Baranchik was just a wild man out there. We knew that this looked like a really high level, good junior welterweight fight, a great style matchup. But I didn't expect it to play out like this. I didn't think that Chan Cepeda talk about showing me something, showing the world something. I didn't think he had the power or the work rate to keep Baranchik off of him. And boy, did he, boy, is there egg on my face, as our guy Richie Dwyer would say. You like Mikey Garcia a lot, but can I bring in Chan Cepeda and Ivan Baranchik to, to, to share this? Got to give Mikey the ball sack of the year award for taking that fight because they got to be this big to jump out two weight classes. Balls of the year, Mikey Garcia. Balls of the year, Sean Zepeda. Balls of the year, Ivan Baranchik, every time he would get knocked down to try to almost like he was a dog covering up the poo in the corner. Like, no, that didn't happen, Ref. I'm, hey, Kenny Bayless, I'm back, baby. Let me get me back in there. Even as his body, face, mind, heart, soul was slowly deteriorating from each knockdown. But really, I think the core of what made this fight great was because Sean Zepeda, the crafty, look, the, the, the sexy Sergio sort of mold, uh, good-looking dude, very crafty, beautiful boxer, counterpuncher. We didn't think we had he had this in him. I don't think he knew he had this in him. I don't think anybody did. But Baranchik's such a wild man, that Belarusian uh, destroyer, that he brought it out of him to have a counterpuncher who maybe doesn't throw a lot fall down 10-7 in the first round, knowing that this is your path back to a world title fight. Uh, I watched Jose Ramirez in Jose Zepeda with you in Fresno, ringside in 2019, okay? Hey, that wasn't a draw in the Dwyer household. That wasn't a no, Ramirez win either, as you so eloquently mentioned. A lot of people, you know, like Evan Corn, you know, they watched it too. They said, sorry, Ramirez won it, you know? But I'm going to tell you, it could be a robbery. It was still an effective robbery, okay? It was a robbery in some ways, all right? It did exist. We both know it did exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about. But, but I'm seriously I know, saying it. And you know. But what we didn't know existed was that if you if you if you poke the bear, if you play with the bag, you know, if you if you challenge Jose Zepeda, the Mexican American from Southern California, to be the man, then you better be prepared to to, to beat the man. You can't beat you can't beat the meat unless you are the man. Actually, I, no, no, you. Uh, I think I think it has to be your cow. Right? It has to be, it has to yeah. be your bull. Got it. Um, All right. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, Sean Zepeda responding in the way he did because Branchick, we've got tape of him. We've got history. We got not, ju- not just history. I mean, he went 12 rounds with Josh Taylor, who many people rank as the number one guy in this division, and pushed him. Yeah, he got knocked down, but you kind of don't expect someone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you put that a lot of guys, right? Let's <laughs> look at the entire man. Oh, uh, we've yeah. seen that man. We've seen him on video in brawls. Uh, B sample bloke down there in Oklahoma with George Tadnawipo was ringside for Baranchik Ramos. We hadn't seen Sean, Chon, Chani, disc jockey, uh, Sean Jose Zapeta do that, have to do that. And his willingness to do that not only made this a great fight, which I'm going to try to pause history's timeline and find a crevice and just jam that thing in right into that crevice and tell you exactly where this fight belongs. But yet we wouldn't be in this conversation if he wasn't willing. And this fight wouldn't be in this conversation if it didn't have the keyword character, Rafe. And you know, I go on that run a lot where it's like, 
you know, it's kind of like adult films. Like, you know, you tell me Rio Salvarado one's going to bang. They came into the bang. They banged. I didn't feel much. Right. I didn't, you know, it was fun, but I didn't have this emotional connection of Gotti having no business getting up from that body shot against Ward in round nine. Right. I felt that emotional connection in this fight because the Peta's fighting out of his typical character. Uh, Baranchik's just willing to die in there. I, I hate to use the words, but you get what I'm saying. And you just, uh, there were dramatic swings when you have the dramatic swings of, of, of momentum. Okay. You need the fight to be good. You need it to be action. You need to be a certain high level of skill. And this fight has that you need prestige. And although not a title fight, it's a legitimate number one contender in a deep division for, you know, legitimate champion. So that, so it matters. But if you don't have the dramatic swing of, of emotion and momentum, you don't have this level of fight. This is why I think it is of that ilk. We can, you know, we can, we can pick and play operation and figure out, you know, is, is it better than Timmy against Provodnikov? I'm not sure, like you said. But we're here because we got to see them. I mean, every time you thought, I thought Branchik was going to knock him out in round five, and then he got knocked out. So the fact that you've got that kind of, I mean, it, it messes with you. It, that's why the bat phone rings and it's Pavlov's dog and you're hearing the bell and you're eh, eh, this, this, this disgusting sport, right? This, this woman of the night boxing, man, when that, when this, when the, when the taste is good, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about the sweet poon tang. When the taste is good, you, you just forget all the sins and you come running after that taste. They were, they were. They were selling us again. They're, and yeah. I, tested, I, I tested, I taste, I don't know where I am or where I'm going, Rafe. Save me off this island. Well, Brian, I think what you're saying is so, okay. you are in the corner right now. Of morning combat, okay? There's no rules on this show. Uh, please, we're firemen. Take me away. Yeah, you. we are firemen, Brian. You're in the corner like Brandon Rio saying, me gusto. And I'm like, I know you effing love it, man. I know you effing love this. And, of course, that's what you should. I the, the, We what I didn't see coming with this fight and what I really loved the character that developed within it was Jose Zepeda. I knew he was that good of a counter puncher, but, and, but we didn't, I didn't expect the way that their styles meshed the way that Baranchik's all out just barrage and how he's, a, even though he's a pretty sloppy, I mean, his attack is not the most like uh, uh, polished, but there's so much aggression. He's athletic too, and quick, and explosive, and got and has power. And Zepeda, for his technique, for his uh, timing, for the all of his strengths, doesn't have the greatest legs. He's not going to be able to stay away from a guy like Baranchik. And he realized that real after getting put down a couple times, realized he had to sit down and figure out a way to create angles and catch Baranchik coming in. And man because of that, those that ball sack of the year that he showed to, to, to stand up in those early couple of rounds, he found those angles, found that counter, found that way. You, you notice as the fight went on, Zepet, the first big left hook that, uh, that Baranchik landed on him in the first round, Tim Bradley is going, Oh, Oh, with the lead, and, with the lead looping. That's like a yep. game punch. That he had. And, and Baranchik got caught bad with it early. Then he figured it out. He, he started timing it, seeing it coming, expecting it, and he would do that. This is the, the fight, the punch that ended the fight, basically, and he landed several times and knocked out, got at least one other knockdown with. He would do a little drop step with his back foot, right, and, and almost come square, almost the way you see Manny do it sometimes when he launches that left. But And, and it would br- create an angle where he could throw his left hand almost in, in a hook way, in a sh- after shifting, yeah. 
and just catch him right on the chin over and over again. And man, it, 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 it was a thing of beauty. And, but he had to be able to survive, you know, walk through fire. He had to be a fireman, like Teddy would say, to get to the point of landing that shot and winning the fight. Inside that big scrotum, scrotum, yeah, yeah, is huge, huge testicles. Yes, yes, he's got real big he balls. Does. They both did. Okay, at the end of the day. So, uh, if you didn't know that, that is the third member of our broadcast team, the uh, the soundboard. So, uh, hello, hello, bo- soundboard. Can you speak to us? Hi, my boxing friends. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, it was nice. I, I like uh, you, Snay. Uh, you know, this is very nice, very nice. I like you. I like sex. It's not. Uh, but but the heart they showed in the 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 craft. Look, this wasn't, you know, it was knock 'em sock 'em robots, rock 'em sock 'em, in, in the sense that they're falling left and right. But look, they retained a fair level of of, of technique and trade, and and I and I like in some sense that, you know, when, it, when you have great fights like this, as long as the the heart is willing and it's equal on both, they're both willing to be the same level of badass. Then the guy with the better craft, a lot of times, you know, is going to win as long as the power differential isn't too wide. And that ended up being, I think, Zepeda was a bigger puncher than he even realized. I mean, look, you know, my favorite, um, you know, we're going to talk about the broadcast team in a second because I thought they nailed that. But they, I thought Bernardo Osuna and Tim Bradley had a great night at the fights. And I want to share audio with that. But your boy Kriegs, Mark Kriegel, your guy, my guy, all right, a lover of father and sons. He loves my daddy. I know that. You know, this wasn't just that we're good friends. We, you know what I'm saying this wasn't just a post fight interview. When you get Mark Kriegel on there, it's not just, you know, how about the third round with that hook, right? No, Mark Kriegel wants to get inside the relationship, you know, your heart, your fears, your dark shadows, as it may be, if it will. And I think ultimately you do understand what this sport brings, though. Folks, welcome to boxing. Some of the rooms have shadows. Damn right. And Mark Kriegel got he got inside of that. He better have him get inside on him. I loved what Zepeda talked about the the belief in himself and how that changes and how he had to enter a new level. Be, be honest with me as best you can. Yes. You doubted yourself at times going into this fight, did you not? I, I, all the time. Uh, to be honest, it happens to me all the time in every fight. I doubt myself uh, uh, too much. I'm a, I'm a fighter that only had 16 amateur fights. You know, not a lot of experience in amateur, so I'm always doubting myself. And uh, this fight, yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah, I mean, people aren't that real. Like when you hear that and you frame that, and it adds to the overall character of this fight. That's why you're able to elevate it above other fights that may even be better or or more prestigious. But did you get that feeling? Like you know, Zapata may have just been forced to empty the tank of what's in him. And he didn't realize it was as good as gold. He didn't know. I knew. I'm, I'm Jose Zapata, super fan number 99 over here. But I'm not sure he knew. So to rewatch him kind of go through that journey of sitting down, looking up and going, uh, you know, oh, shit, I got to I got to figure this out. And, oh, the, it, that tank's pretty deep. Like, it, there's a romanticism in that sort of coming of age in the moment. And I think it only adds to, to, to what you love about this fight and love about these type of stories and ultimately love about this game. Like, this is why boxing, this is why when we get that injection, we rub it on the gums a little bit. We keep going back. We can't quit this thing because this specific drug is just different than the NBA or the NFL, no matter what those storylines are. I mean, thank God Branchick was okay in the end. And I love when, when uh, you know, Lou DiBella and the other guy, Tony, uh, uh, what's the guy, the Oklahoma co-promoter, Tony, uh, 
I yeah. saw his name in the tweet, but I look, I, I don't yeah. know that man. Some, I, I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man, Brian. I don't know that man. With some middle American Tony Holden. Tony Holden, thank you, thank you. I have a fight uh, with a, a Thailand, Thailand guy. guy. Thank you. Um, To see that Baranchik was okay, you're obviously like, thank God, you know, and to hear that they sort of had a Rocky II moment where they sat next to each other in the hospital bed, the two fighters, you know, they, their beds were pulled together and everyone was out of the room and they had like a campion brothers for life. God, he were like, you love that in the end. Um, you don't get that in other sports because it's not legitimately life or death. And this one did into, into, and I don't know, man, there was just that. And I guess that's my long winded way of saying, I think if a, an MMA fan, right? That was just like, hey, you got to see this fight, right? Boxing's going nuts over it. They'll like it, but I don't know if they'll fully hear Jimmy and understand it under the guise of what we deal with all the time in boxing. We don't always get this, but yet this is the heart of what the sport really is. And when they do that, when they just pour it out like that, I mean, this fight was important. Yes. You know, it was maybe the last path back to a title fight in this division and their prime, although boxing's full of shit, so titles fall out of the sky at any time but Baranchik fought like it was life or death Rafe like legit like this was his chance to make it big and if he didn't cash in on that chance it was over it was it was some Rocky movie ish sorry there was some there was a there's a special sprinkled sauce or flavor packet in here that just sort of made this fight feel different than your normal two guys are going to come together and they're going to bang well, I think the special sauce, Brian, was the style matchup, the effort, the knockdowns, the action. This was not, I don't think as much as I, I hear, I, I hear, I do hear Jimmy. I know where you're coming from. I don't think we as the boxing hardcore need to shut the slam the door shut on fans from other sports saying, yo, no, 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 no. You don't get this like we get this. You don't feel this like we feel this. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's the case. But also, it, you don't, all oh, you need, that's the, that is what is beautiful about boxing. You could show this to Mrs. Campbell. You could show this to either of the Campbell boys. You could show this to Angel Garcia on your hat. I don't care who you could show this to, to, to your, you know, your, your big mama, who all them. <laughs> we need you to do this, if not for yourself, then for your abuela. Do it for your granddaddy. Do it for your big mama. Do it for your pop-pop. Do it, Brian. Show it to them. I don't care what walk of life they come from, whether they've ever seen professional boxing at any level before in their lives. They will, they'll love it. They will feel it. It's human. Boxing is for grown folks. Not this boxing. This is some boxing. Sergei Kovalev, uh, yeah, he is for grown folks because he gets into all kinds of adult matters. But this is just beautiful blood and guts competition it is yeah there's some violence in it but uh you know that that could be a reality check even for the young folks like you can go through this you can be tried like that in your own life in some way and bring out your own ball sack of the year whether you wouldn't no matter what gender you identify as you could have a ball sack of the year brian Right, but but you know we we could see good fights any day of the week. We could we could see adult movies any day of the week. You know you're gonna get it. But there's a I do. I, I thank you. I mean, thank you. At least somebody seven uh, times. Somebody. <laughs> I mean, what kind of day is this? It's a hard on day for me. Today. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, where was I going with that? The fact that these two men were able to act as Teddy would say, act like fighters, act in a beautiful way. You're right. It may end up being universal, 
in the in, in the language of love and how people interpret it because at the end of the day everybody kind of wants the same thing out of the sport right right i have beautiful guys and all you know, you know, I want, I want guys. And how beautiful these guys acted in this sense is what made this fight next level extra special. You also need a soundtrack though, right? Every great movie, every great fight, you need a soundtrack. I thought Bernardo and Tim Bradley, they brought it. Okay. Bernardo, you know, Bernardo wasn't Jim Lampley out there. Right. But, but he, he went zero to 60 when he needed to, uh, you know, there was the callback of the old school call your friends at home, which, you know, if you don't remember that, that was uh, round four of Mickey Ward against uh, uh, Emmanuel Burton Augustus in the as you know, what do they call it? The Thrilla in Hampton. Teddy called it. Uh, you remember that? Anybody watching this fight at home in between rounds, call your friends up. You're seeing something Please. that you don't see too often. Please. I mean, really, you're feeling something that you don't feel too often. Right. Hey, um, right. Right. What does it mean um, when fighting gets you, gets you erect? I mean, look, it, it happened. It did exist. So we got that, and then Tim just dips into the playbook. Tim just dips into the Teddy, you know. Underestimating here. Not a big left hand, Woo! and Baranchik is in trouble. And here comes a Peta pouring it off. And now the Peta goes down. He gets clipped with the right hook. <laughs> Call your family right now. Let them know there's a fight breaking out right now. So it had the soundtrack. It had the moments. And damn near on that finish, I think we got a double regasm out of Osuna. Do you agree? Do you believe in that? Uh, I was pretty much up there with one. But, but it made a lot more sense than when we get the double regasm on an FS1 broadcast with, uh, with our guys Ray Flores and yeah. Ray Mancini. So Ray Flores and Ray Mancini were paired up, and they both they have heart and passion. They bring it in this game. But when you paired their orgasmic powers on the call of a knockdown, it produced a moment. It wasn't Emmanuel Stewart. Oh, my God. It was more like clean up on aisle this announce table. A right hook upstairs. Edwards shakes his head. Oh, the there's a straight oh, left. There goes Edwards. Oh, and a 30 straight oh, left. And this oh, one is over. Kennedy for knockout of the year. All right, uh, we got that from Bosuna, and you know I want you to score this one to ten, right? One uh, on the on the on the call scale, but he gave it to us. Uh, pretty pretty damn good, right? Maybe yeah. not completely brilliant, but the the emotion was there. And he just, he nailed the timing. He did not, I mean, I remember watching that when he, when Baranchik went down, when that knee bent George Grove style after he got knocked out by a peach of a right hand by Carl Frotch in front of 80K at Wembley. You know, it is a shame that this could not take take place in front of 80K at Wembley, but you knew the attendance right there. That easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just... I heard once or twice that it, that it was that much. Right, right, Floyd. I wanted to ask you, Floyd, if you don't mind. In my last fight, before before I knocked out George Groves at Wembley Stadium in front of eight thousand fans, I- yeah, keep going, keep going. And that George Groves knockout was the the last time I can remember seeing one of those dramatic. Your your leg folds under you. Your knee may never respond again. Sorry, campeon type knockouts. And but anyway. Look, that punch landed and Bernardo was on it. I was there, you know, eyes rolling back in my head going, you know, like having my own single wraithgasm. And no, Bernardo was strictly a pro. The statutory rafe? Where are we going with this? Uh, No, everybody was of age, my friend. 
Okay. All right. The consent was there. Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they brought it. They even had some fun moments between them. You okay with this conversation? You want action? You want action packed fights at 140? Welcome to top ranked boxing on ESPN, That's baby. Right, we baby. got all the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kind that you drink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that Tim's like, I don't drink, my friend. I don't drink. That was racist. Please don't do that. By the way, shout out. Osuna, Tim Bradley. Yeah, it would have been bad. Like, all of a sudden, Bernardo just goes like a little too. He's like, hey, yeah, what's your, what do you prefer, St. Ives or Old E? Like, talk to me. Talk to me, Tim. No, 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 no. Please, please. No, no, no racial uh, stereotypes there. Uh, Thank you. All right. I know the only way we're allowed to profile is Texas because it is different. Texas bread. Texas, you know, the beef different. The beef different. It's got a different taste to them. It's, it's, uh, it's big guys in there. All right. Um, so the fight matters. Chon, you know, I mean, look, he's not going to get Ramirez next. Jose Ramirez got to do the four belt thing with Josh Taylor. We can't wait. All right. This is what we're talking about. This ain't even, it ain't Bud Crawford against who that guy he, he did the four belts against. Um, in, oh, the, uh, we're talking about Julius Ndongo. Like, look, I'll, I'll, you know, shout out to Bud for the accomplishment and the ability to market it that way in ESPN. But like, you know, we're like, Ndongo has two belts, bro. You know, look at me, Max. I have, how did you, how, even in this day and age, how they let you have two belts, Josh Taylor unbeaten, Jose Ramirez unbeaten all four titles. Like that's, that's legit. So Zepeda not going to get that now, but he did get the biggest win of his career. The win that maybe proved to himself that like, he does know this game. He can do that on that level. And hopefully like some paydays and some stardom from what we got here. I don't think we should expect this out of Zepeda moving forward per se. He's maybe a little bit too skilled to do this. Branchick, he bangs, bro, right? That's just what it is. That's where it goes. But, I mean, we're going to remember their names now tied to this fight, which is back to where this fight belongs and what it really means. I don't think it's one that we're going to stop talking about. Like, was it better than even that 2016 potpourri we got of, like, uh, Bandito against uh, Salido? Remember that one? We got... Yeah. Uh, we got Provodnikov against. Uh, I mean, we got you know they 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 all. Right. Twenty thirteen Provodnikov Bradley. Um, no, no, no. The one where where Provodnikov fought. Uh, oh, you're talking about Matisse. Yeah, he fought, no, he fought Matisse. Like what I'm saying is, uh, in the, that look, man, don't go back and watch Provodnikov versus uh, John Molina. You ain't gonna be happy watching that. Provodnikov Bradley was special, but I'm talking about 2016. We go, okay, those are good fights, but we're not thinking all time great, right? We're not thinking this century's best. Uh, you know, tell me if I'm going too crazy at the moment. I think this is right below the the, the true upper elites of, of Gotti Ward 1, Corrales Castillo 1, Marquez, Pacquiao 4, all those ones I mentioned at the top. Marquez Vasquez 3, maybe. Yeah, and even, even uh, you know, uh, even the recent one, of, of or somewhat recent one, of Provodnikov and, and, I love uh, that one. and Bradley in there. Like, I think that one's better, too. Yeah. But I don't think we should drop this into that other forgotten category. Like, I was there for... Bandito Vargas against Mayura. That's an insanely great fight. And there was character in that. But I don't know if we love those two characters or they got the crossover attention on that level Not that we look back at that as just that was a great fight for that year. But I don't think we look at that as, you know what I mean? Like I we, think I can, I think, let me, let me try and translate this for our audience, Brian. What you're saying is that those fights, which are legitimately great fights, whether it's Salido Vargas, Vargas Miura, uh, you know, basically for like, like Francisco Vargas had that run where he was just in, in how many just incredible fights. Those were great fights in almost a way we're more used to seeing, right? It's a war of attrition. 
two guys who are coming forward, like like you mentioned earlier, a Rio Salvarado trilogy type event where you know these are high level fighters who are just all action except for that third time Alvarado came out after uh, after hanging out in the hotel fight week. But anyway, for you, Mike fish scales, right? Yeah, These are, these are those fights, <laughs> the, the shadow boxing legend, mile high Mike. Um, yeah. These are, these fights are these classic wars of attrition where you, you sort of, you expect it coming in. They rise to the occasion. They often even exceed expectations because they're so good. The action is so consistent and thrilling throughout, but, there's something way, way different about seeing two guys knock each that that kind those no, that number of knockdowns is unique. Is it doesn't or unique? No, but it's very rare, exceedingly rare, and it's special when it happens, and it, it heightens the drama. It should have been nine. It should have been nine. It's, that one might have been my favorite knockdown. How did he? How did he manage from the other side of him to to loop? under like that that left in there and catch him plop on the chin that was like uh brock lesnar frank mir rematch in ufc where you're on the ground and you're behind someone and you're punching up from behind i mean kenny bayless missed that i thought he had a hell of a fight overall but that's essentially nine knockdowns in five rounds that alone might give it the character to separate it from that 2016 run of those hbo wars at the small weight classes or 2015 uh before that as well um I don't think, though, it exceeds those five, six, or seven that I mentioned. But I do think it's there. So that puts it at the back end of the top ten this century. You okay with that? I'm more than okay with that. I think they should be okay. We should all be okay with that. Will we be talking about this fight? Like, we talk about those two French guys. Remember that Sam Sachs-Shapur against Mayak and Anshagans that uh, Dan Rayfield was telling everybody to watch from 2006? And it is amazing. It's probably your seventh or eighth best fight of of this century. Well, well, I think that depends on what happens with their careers, unfortunately, like really being remembered like that has to do with longevity, has to do with being in more fights that people remember. Probably it means that Zabetta has to go on and, and, and get a title at 140. That's not fair, but. Shamshakak, Shamshakor. We remember that dude from one fight. Porn Salon? No, no. The, the, the one from France in 06, the fight of the year. You know what I'm talking about? I do, but I didn't, I don't remember. You can't say his name. I don't remember his name. I just remember it. Yes, it happened. But other than that, it did exist. It's not, it's not legendary in our brains in the same way. That ain't fair, but it's true. All right. We Look, you know what they could, I mean, the, the, the obvious counterpoint here is the Gotti Ward trilogy, but God, I mean, these are, those guys were famous in their own rights, huge draws in their own rights, even if they're, this is sort of the level we're talking about or, ah, all right, so do you think this is going to be more of a Ward Burton in, in in history where you're like, amazing fight, but I don't go out of my way to always put it in the top five or top ten there, right? I think it's – look, I would expect it to be pretty safe in the top ten just because of how good it is on its own. But is it something – is it going to be on the tip of our tongue right after, you know, Pacquiao Marquez or, or you know, Barrera Morales one or two – one or three – is it going to, is it going to live like that? I think, unfortunately it, it has to do with the achievements and the fame of the fighters that ain't right necessarily, but it, fair ain't got nothing to do with it. Um, the hardcores will remember. I hope we remember it. Maybe look, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that, uh, that 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 Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez have some business they want to take care of at the top of the division. That probably means there's time for a rematch. I know it's you don't want to rush into it Corrales Castillo style, but at the same time, 
sometimes this trilogy has become magic. You know, it, it could go either way. Would you would you be upset, Brian, if they had another fight and it didn't blossom in nearly the same way? Would you feel that it cheapens the first one? It's not going. No, it doesn't necessarily cheapen the first one. Do you remember Delvin Rodriguez, uh, Pavel Wolak? The first one was great. Second Solid one, hematoma. Second one, Delvin used his jab and made it not as much fun. Just like, you know, no one talks about that Barrera Morales 2 was kind of a dud, right? Ward, Gotti Ward 2 outside of round 3 was a big time dud from your expectation level. I don't, even though Zepeda's Mexican-American and, and he found out he's a man in there, I don't think he, he should or will fight like this again, you know, for this long sustained. If they did it again, I don't think he's going down 10-7 is what I'm saying. I think that being the slicker puncher, he's a little bit more selective, shows a little bit more defense in the end and, and probably wins it without it having to go to, uh, you know, 8-mile island level here. But uh, thank you to these two guys. Thank you that this happened, that this reminder that, that you and I and the other boxing hardcores, not talking about regular fans, you know, we circled this on the calendar. We knew. We didn't tell you. We weren't telling you this was going to be Corrales Castillo, which that was a fight where a lot of us ahead of it were like, you know, this one, you know, just, I mean, I think Pacquiao Morales one was like a few weeks before that or a month before that. And that had the same kind of like, this one's going to be special. We didn't say that about Baranchik Cepeda, but for quarantine seasons, we said, you may not know these guys, but this is going to be really good. You know, this has potential to be really good. I don't think Zepeda is going to do that again. I think Baranchik only knows how. So I don't want to see this rematch yet. I'd rather see it when they both are coming off of losses from attempting to move up. And it just seems to be the nice attraction fight of the moment. Just my two cents. Um, I know Ruguru left the 140 window to go over to PBC. Uh, well, he's still at 140. Still 140. He's going to be on the undercard of uh, Tank and uh, Leo. Halloween night, by the way, inside the Alamo Dome on Showtime pay-per-view. But um, who else? If you're telling Zepeda... We do want you to fight one more time before getting that WBC mandatory. Who else at 140? Anybody else? Oh. Well, God. He's probably available on Wednesday night. but uh. <laughs> um, I would stay away from Victor Postol. You know, he's still a pain in the butt. You know, he, he, he has, he has, a, and that wouldn't be a fun fight anyway. I, God, it's tough. He, he probably, look, it, if I were his manager, I'd probably advise him to wait for the big fight because if they look, they're going to make that fight between Ramirez and Josh Taylor. The winner is probably going to vacate all four belts, go up to 147 to get big money either against Terrence Crawford or, or who knows where. Um, and that means that Zepeda probably by waiting gets a shot at the WBC belt and doesn't have to beat either of those guys, which is a, a smart thing to do. If that means waiting, it, eh, you know, he could wait, what, six months to a year for that? I, unfortunately, I, look, I want to see, I, I would see it. I want to see these guys back as soon as they're ready. But uh, that may be how this plays out, Brian. Uh, that's how this podcast played out, uh, Rafe. Thank you for joining me. Um, if you're new to the MK Boxing Hardcores, it's like the ECW of the regular morning combat family, right? It's a little edgy. I don't know I'm like the Sandman of this show. Yeah, yeah, you you're know. drinking a, yeah. You, <sighs> people don't realize that you have urinated at that table while recording a podcast in the past. Now with the video, it's going to be harder. But what are you in a supply closet in the back of Detroit, Rafe? Where are you? <laughs> Brian, this is, this is the room I work in. Uh, I have not set up my cool background for being a YouTuber like you guys have. But at least, Brian, I did hang up a towel to kill the glare coming in from that window behind me you know you got to respect that this is my clothes right 
right here and I've got um, a bookshelf full of uh, canned beans oh. and uh, as well as some. Uh, this is the difference between Drago and Rocky Four with the professional steroids and machines and your, you know, your Balboa out there on the snowy farm. I'm right? drinking like, like powdered crush out of a, uh, out of a soda stream can bottle. That's the liquid crack for Rafe Bartholomew. Follow him at Rafe Bugs. Read his work right now at the uh, Bet Your... Uh, usbets.com mibets.com the boxing fans may want to check out the revived respect box newsletter which the uh, soon to debut ring city usa crew is going to put out uh, uh or they're sponsoring so i'm out there and we're going to f around on this mk window uh you know we got a big fight next week uh lomachenko lopez you're probably going to hear from us uh i don't know how often you know we're not going to always be there when you call we'll probably never be on time but this has been MK Boxing Hardcores for Rape Bugs. It's your boy, BC. We out.